Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, now, Saints fans, get ready for Bobby's Rain on the Point After. Brought to you by Miller Lite. It is Miller time. Bobby, 2-0 feels great, but a lot to clean up for this squad after a 20-7 victory at Carolina. Twenty? You mean 2017? 20-17, what did I say? You said 27. 20-17 victory. There you go. Yeah, yeah, 20-17. Uh, uh, Steve? Uh, I'm gonna and you t- called it. I called it. I called it uh, right before in the pregame. I said, uh, I'm looking for... I don't know if you say ugly win, and there's no wins ugly in the NFL as long as you win. Now, if you lose, I said three to two is a great win. But uh, I said, yeah, I think about 2017, I think Vegas got it right. They're about a three-point favorite. Uh, now, uh, Dennis Allen was a little ticked off because uh, uh, that is outstanding. He did not want to give up a touchdown. So almost eight quarters without giving up a touchdown. In this day and age, come on, that is outstanding. I don't care if we were playing the Cardinals or whoever you think is the bottom two teams in the NFL. And if you're not giving up a touchdown, uh, look at the Titans. Uh, how were they against the Chargers uh, with their offense? We didn't give up a touchdown. You look at Carolina, you know, against Atlanta. No, so that's promise. I look at the glass half full instead of half empty. Especially in hostile territory. It was on the road, so that's even yeah. more impressive. Hey, oh, oh, we're not going to blow out nobody. I'm telling you, uh, this is the kind of games that will give you an ulcer uh, if the whole season they're going to be like, you mad and all that. Eh, Somehow the Saints won. If the Saints wouldn't have won, I guarantee we'd have so much callers tonight uh, that that they'd be so mad, fire everybody. Uh, Derek Carr got to go. Everybody has to go, you know, the whole thing. But, you know, the Saints won, even though it was an ugly win, then they got to go to work in the morning go, man, I'm going to bed. Uh, I'm not staying up and listening uh, to this, what Bobby has to say, but it, 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 you know what's very dominating? Not only scoring defense, but if we continue to do this again, now I wish we'd have stayed uh, plus one. We end up being uh, zero for the, uh, uh, the turnover uh, ratio uh, margin, uh, zero for the game, but we're still plus one for the season. So we on the plus side. But you know what they did? How much we respect uh, the Dome Patrol. And what they accomplished, you know what the Saints defense did? 
Dating back to last season, the Saints have held now 10 consecutive opponents to 20 points or less. And that's not an opinion. That's a fact. That's what occurred. I remember the last time the Saints allowed more than 20 points. That was an embarrassed performance back in November the 7th when they lost to the Ravens. And they gave up 27 points. But nobody scored more than 20 since then. And you look at, I don't know, 15 by the Titans. You look at 17 by the Panthers. Uh, I would say right now, if we're on the road and we give up 20 points to the Packers, hell yeah, we should win. We should not lose the game. I think it's going to be that important. And again, when you look at it, uh, it's going to be about, uh, and we should have been maybe 100%. The key is going to be going forward, uh, what are you doing red zone defense and not giving up chunk plays? You know, when you look at like chunk plays, uh, uh, the longest uh, pass uh, play that was at the end, we gave up to Mingo plus 22. I don't know why he ran out of bounds. I mean, does he not know the game? Why don't you try and score? And he was trying to stop the clock. How about you score a touchdown if you're a Panther fan? And while I'm on that, how about Chris Olave? Unbelievable play he made, that 42-yard gain. And what, you going to spin the ball and celebrate? Uh, Listen, the Panthers almost picked it up. Are you celebrating? Uh, Don't spike it. Uh, It's like the mindset. He still thinks he's at Ohio State, and if you fall on the ground, that you're down. And not realizing that you got to be touched. So I was like, but that, that was a brain fart uh, by Chris Olave then. But Chris Olave is explosive. He's outstanding. Derek Carr trusts him. He was targeted 11 times, ended up having uh, six receptions for 86 yards. But looking at congratulations to the defense, uh, again, uh, you look at scoring defense overall, like I said, it should have been eight straight quarters without giving up a touchdown this day and age. That's unbelievable. I'm telling you, that is mind-boggling. And then you throw in there third-down defense. We only gave up 4 of 14, 29%. So now in two games, you know how you got to move the chains. Like first down, other team, whatever. No, no. Uh, uh, outstanding the past two games. Teams have only converted 6 for 26. What? Uh, and, and you went internal. You take the ball away. I'll tell you, it's outstanding. Red zone, uh, they were 1 of 3. I guarantee you, red zone defense will be amongst the leaders after two games. We have to be, simply because uh, teams have not converted. They shouldn't have gave it that touchdown, like I said. But, you know, we controlled the game 341 yards to 239. I don't know. They, they, they Bryce Young, I mean, I think he's, he's going to have a good career and all that. But did he look like he was invincible? No. And at Alabama at time, he looked like a man amongst boys. But you know what? There ain't no boys in the NFL. It's all men. Uh, then Bryce Young looked very normal. I know he won the Heisman and all that. He, he looked very normal. Now, he might be the answer in the future for Carolina, but he ain't the a- answer right now. Uh, then, then, and you don't want to surprise us, I said this in the pregame, who's been the answer so far in the NFC South is Dan Baker Mayfield. And I, I, and I, I got to eat crow on that because I thought Baker Mayfield, Tampa Bay's not going to do anything. And, and Steve, you look at the, uh, the quarterback for the, uh, the Falcons right now. Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. I mean, when he finally threw for over 200 yards or something, you, you think he's the answer? No, it's wide open in the NFC South right now. You know what's also outstanding? Because we bitched about this in, uh, in the preseason. Uh, penalties. We didn't have close to nine or 100 yards. We had three penalties for 32 yards. That is outstanding. Now, keep doing that. You're not shooting yourself in the foot. 
Overall, uh, if you look at uh, the series, I always like to bring this up. The all-time series, uh, now I always count the NFC wildcard playoff victory we had in 2017. So now we have 30 wins and 28 losses. Two up. You know, uh, just the regular season, it was 28-28, but now we're up 29-28 if you just count uh, the regular season. And you look on the road in Charlotte. It was 14-14. Now we've won 15 games and lost uh, 14. And you know what? You, uh, that's why I expected this type of game because I go by trends in what occurred. Uh, of the 57 regular season games, half have been uh, – a, a little more than half now – have been decided within one score or less. So it's like, oh, the Saints are going to blow them out. It might happen, but a little more than half is kind of like one score. Touchdown, field goal, like what occurred today. Uh, so that was not a surprise. But uh, if, if you look at it, okay, who, who was outstanding? You know who was outstanding again? Mr. Football. Uh, you know, who did it? Johnny Manziel. Who, they called Johnny Manziel Mr. Football. What was his nickname? Johnny Football or something? Johnny Football, right. Well, the, the, uh, Taysom Hill <laughs> is, is Mr. Football. When you talk about and how you utilize in the NFL, uh, the, you, look, okay, whether he's rushing the football, whether he's even passing the football, or where he's receiving the football, look, they trust him with the ball in his hands. He had 82 total yards. Now I know 75 yards of that, well, rushing. He just a battering ram, basically averaged eight and a half yards a carry, which helped the Saints. Sure needed that. Who've been sucking uh, being able to run the ball. Because uh, even uh, as hard as uh, Tony Jones Jr. ran, he still only averaged like 2.8, running at three yards. But because of Taysom Hill, uh, we averaged 4.1 yards a carry. Now, Derek Carr, um, uh, we need Derek Carr to play better. Uh, we need him to be more uh, a significant edge over the opposing quarterback. Well, that was not necessarily the case. Not that uh, nothing right home about Bryce Young and what he did. And then you face in Jordan Love. Jordan Love's like a rookie who we play in uh, next week against the Packers. Hell yeah, we should beat them. But uh, Derek Carr, when you know he's had um, quarterback ratings over 100 against the Raiders. Like I want to say a sample size. I got in my notes somewhere like three games. Uh, not so fast today. It was like a quarterback rating of 65 and a half. Chris Olave, uh, you can see Derek Carr trusting him. 11 targets, 6 catches, 86 yards. Uh, Rashid Shaheed, uh, another one. Rashid Shaheed, if you look at all-purpose yards, 79. Uh, scrimmage yards, Taysom Hill, 82. So you see Taysom Hill, Rashid Shaheed, we need to keep them healthy overall. Shaheed, we don't like about Shaheed, targeted four times, four catches, 63 yards. Michael Thomas, he was featured early on from the beginning. Nine targets, seven receptions, uh, 19 long. We had a stretch where we did hit those chunk plays, like we saw in the Titans game, where it all happened like in the same drive. Like a 42-yard at the Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, 45 yards. Michael Thomas, uh, 19 yards. I thought all of us, uh, compared to what Atlanta did, I think we did an outstanding job against Miles Sanders and Hubbard. They're two-headed monster in the run game uh, where you look at Hubbard at 16 yards, Sanders at 43. It was more Bryce Young uh, running, and that's going to be uh, Jordan Love. And uh, th that's one thing you have to realize, um, that the quarterback, uh, his yardage counts in the running game. And he had a 17-yard average at 26 uh, long game when that came about. 
Now, uh, uh, now I want to break down the defense. What we did here, uh, Steve, you gave the game ball to Demario Davis. Yeah, last week I kind of got some flack because I didn't give the ball to anybody on defense. Well, this week I was not missing out. No, you had to. I mean, the the, the offense went uh, efficient. I was enough. tempted to go Taysom Hill. Uh, yeah, yeah, Taysom Hill, but uh, no, he'd had to break the century mark. Right. And instead of eighty-two total yards, if he'd had over hundred, then I'd have said, yeah. But then, you know, the, we need our offense to be more productive. Bottom line, but double D Demario Davis le- uh, led the team in uh, total tackles uh, with seven. He had four uh, unassisted, a sack, quarterback hurry, tackle for loss, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, Melante Taylor, I think he's going to get better and better uh, for, at the slot. That nickel corner, five unassisted tackles, led the team in tackles for loss with two. He also had a pass defended. But again, these guys in the middle in the trenches. I'm not going to give Cam Jordan uh, more credit because I expect more from Cam. He had four tackles. He had a quarterback hurry. But who I am going to give credit to is, again, Carl Grandison and Nathan Shepard, who we got in the trenches. Now, they had a couple of tackles, and they do a lot of the dirty work. Uh, but you look at a sack. Carl Grandison had a sack. You look at a big play uh, causing a turnover. Two quarterback hurries. And a tackle for loss. It was actually a mirror image of one another. Nathan Shepard and Carl Grandison, they both had a sack. They both had two quarterback hurries or hits, however you describe it. And they both had a tackle for a loss. And like I said, Grandison uh, with that forced fumble uh, that Adebo ended up recovering. So overall, a a big win for the Saints. And um, I didn't know how it was going to turn out, but I thought it would turn out like this. I can tell you right now. I was going to say, you picked the exact score. Yeah, that, that, uh, <laughs> I, I wish I, I would pick the wrong score as long as the Saints win. I, I would much rather, you know, like, uh, man, the game's over. It's going into the fourth quarter, the Saints are so far ahead. Remember when I told you back, this might have been maybe that 2011 season when the offense was unbelievable, that I had fans coming up to me and telling me, God, <laughs> it's like I wish the games were closer because the games was over. Blowouts. Going into the fourth quarter, well beyond double digits. And I go, what? You got to be kidding me. No, I want to. Well, you're going to be entertained this year because I can tell you uh, next week against the Packers, I think it's going down to the wire again. Well, we ain't crushing nobody. It's going to be uh, who's going to win in the fourth quarter. I don't know. Hopefully it's the Saints. 2-0, the black and gold after a 20-17 victory on Monday Night Football over the Carolina Panthers. Want to hear from you, Hudats, on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line, 504-260-1870. Be back with more right after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Welcome into the Ciroc Point after on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. We're going to go to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. Hector in New Orleans hanging on. What you got for us, Hector? Hey, guys, how y'all doing this evening? It was a great win. Defense dominated again. I really like the way the defense is playing, so I just got a comment and a question. Uh, my comment is um, we got a pretty good front four, and I think it's going to take us pretty far as, um, as well as a play. Um, so I think we're developing a defense that can really dominate on the road, which is going to be important because I think we need to win a couple of road games. But the question I got, is there any rhyme or reason as to why the Saints offense, and particularly those miscommunications in the red zone, happen early in the game, and then later on in the game, after they get a spark, all of a sudden the offense starts coming up alive. Is there any is there anything that you're seeing that maybe we're not seeing as to why the slow start? 
Well, I, I just think it's execution. And uh, and maybe Derek Carr will tell you he wasn't as sharp. Uh, now, you know, we can make you not as sharp if all of a sudden you're uneasy in the pocket. And I think Derek Carr's tough. He's, not, he's a tough guy. He ain't worried about getting hit. But all of a sudden, uh, that one play like when Cesar Ruiz got blown up, it was like, whoa, I, I don't have as much time as I think to throw the ball. But that's totally unacceptable. Red zone offense. Uh, like you're talking about, uh, is this Caesar, Steve? Uh, yeah. Uh, that seven plays in the red zone, we had seven yards. No, come on. That's when you got to put uh, the hammer down and set the tone from the get-go where all of a sudden a young quarterback like Bryce Young and the Panthers, they're uh, waving the white flag. And, and then you take the home crowd out of the game. Now all of a sudden when the game is like, I don't know, it's like 6-3, 6-6. Well, hell yeah, uh, the diehard local fans, they're going to cheer, man. We got a chance. We got a chance. So you want to take the crowd out of it, and you do that by the get-go. Uh, I can remember playing in Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City, and that I said, I remember warming up, and I was like, damn, uh, well, we better uh, jump on the Chiefs early or it's going to be loud and the crowd's really going to be in the game. You know, Arrowhead's pretty loud. To me, that was the loudest outside stadium. I would say the loudest outside stadium I ever played in where it was freaking so loud you, you, when we were warming up. Hmm. I'm like saying, what are they cheering or yelling for? We're just warming up. You know, the tomahawk chop uh, and all that. Uh, yeah, and, and then this time they're yelling at something. I don't know, a plane flying over or whatever, you know, they have – they just going crazy. I said, oh, we better get off to a good start. A Take great them start. out of it. And then we got off to a great start. Now, they weren't very good then. I'm going to say Steve DeBerg and all. Okay. Uh, it, was, it wasn't mm, – it was like before Joe Montana got there and all that. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, it does make a difference. Well, we let the Carolina crowd be into the game throughout until we took that uh, lead where we felt comfortable. Uh, but it took a while. And, uh, and listen, you don't think it's going to be loud in Green Bay? Uh, we, we, if we in the red zone and we have a chance early on, uh, we better not be in the red zone seven plays and get seven yards. Uh, no, uh, that's going to be key going forward. Again, I say this all the time, how efficient you could be. Like red zone, when they're being um, pretty good, I, I, I would want to be uh, a, a little bit better. I'd want to be three for four in their red zone instead of two of four. But uh, we responded on the back end, but not so much in the front end. Uh, that, that score in the red zone earlier and set the tone, and then you tend to take the crowd out of it instead, especially on the road. And you know it's going to be a uh, Lambeau Field. It's going to be a hostile environment. But you know what? It's probably going to be a beautiful fall day in Wisconsin. It's going to be football weather. You're going to feel like you want to be there and, and, and be in that atmosphere. Now, Bobby, there weren't any huge, long field goals in this one. But, hey, Blake Groupie still staying perfect. A 28-yarder and a 23-yarder made. Uh, so that's a, a big positive, and it looks like, obviously, the black and gold made the right decision in keeping Groupie over a guy like Will Lutz. Without a doubt. Uh, listen, I, 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 I think Lutz could continue to have success. I think Groupie uh, is going to end up being – uh, the better uh, kicker or the right decision short-term. I don't know. When I say long-term, long-term to me, you have to do it over more than a handful of years. I mean, long-term would be like the great Dane Martin Anderson or Justin Tucker. 
I was like, what? I mean, how many players are like that? But that, to me, that's when the unbelievable stability there. But if you're looking at it right now, I think Groupie was the wise choice. Uh, I don't know about this because this kind of set the tone. We're talking about flipping the field, and it gave the Panthers the edge, and we're losing 3-0. to zero. Headley, the, the tattoo artist from Australia. Yeah, the other side. Uh, wasn't, uh, uh, wasn't the greatest game for him. No, a 29-yard punt. What the, man, c- come on. You, you're not punting in high school uh, or, or Australian rules ball, whatever. You can't have no damn 29-yard punt. That's what happened to, uh, to uh, Blake Gilligan when he shanked that one, uh, you remember, against the Bengals. Right. That could cost you the game. So, uh, Headley ended up uh, averaging 42 yards a punt. He had a long of 49, uh, a touchback inside the 20. He had a couple, and he punted five times. But uh, right now, the jury's still out on Headley, Lou Headley. I mean, he's a 30-year-old rookie, and uh, I'm I'm cheering for him because I think that's a great success story. Uh, But uh, I don't know. I'm way more optimistic on Groupie right now, the kicker, than the punter as far as uh, looking in the back end of the season into the future. We want to hear from you on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line 504-260-1870. Who that? Saints 2-0 after a 20-17 victory on Monday Night Football in Carolina. Give us a call. We want to hear from you. Talk to you more on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network right after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ah, it's a Monday night party here on the Ciroc Point after on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Black and gold, H20 to 17. Winner, winner on Monday night football at Carolina. Dropping the Panthers to 0-2 on the season. Meanwhile, the Saints improved to 2-0. They're tied atop the NFC South along with the Atlanta Falcons and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Looking at the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. Bobby, what's standing out to you right there? Well, um, you know, it's probably this texter text this as the game was going on. Uh, this from 51-18. Uh, this is not a fair assessment of these players. Uh, Paulson and Debo and Marcus May are horrible. 
No, uh, we wouldn't have the number two overall uh, pass defense, uh, especially with Adebo, uh, if they were horrible. Now, uh, he goes on to say, Marcus May has a highlight reel for one of the worst attempts, obviously attack on the history of NFL football. That was bad. But you know what? You cannot hit the freaking quarterback every mo- uh, anymore. Right, you can so, see him thinking about that. Uh, so uh, they almost like coming up, he's going to hook slide, then he might like do one cut, and then he's past you. Man, you know what? To me, if a quarterback's running, and if I don't see them going into a, a slide mode, I'm knocking the crap out of them. I'm not saying take their head off, but how about break their sternum? Hit them right in the freaking chest. You know, when they're running and they might try and juke you, until I see him sliding, if I'm Marcus May, I ain't no, it can't be too uh, cool. And then, like, okay, I'm going to let him slide. I'm just going to touch him. No, he embarrasses you, and now you're on a highlight reel. Man, if I'm Marcus May, said, I got to take it, I'm going to watch the film, and I would say, that ain't, that ain't never going to happen again. A quarterback's going to run. He better start hook sliding early, or I'm knocking the crap out of him. That's a bunch of bull. That's why you had that uh, horrific attempt at a tackle by Marcus May, because you can't touch the quarterback. I mean, let me tell you. Okay, uh, if you might have witnessed the other Monday night game, they showed the highlight or the low light of Nick Chubb. Oh, brutal. Uh, the, if not the greatest running back in the NFL right now, was in the top two. And if that was a horrific injury, what happened against the Steelers? But you know what happened? I can see that defensive back. Uh, I ain't hitting Nick Chubb high. I'm going low. I don't want him to truck me. So all of a sudden, uh, he shatters his leg. You can see how it been. You know what's going to happen? It's going to come that case in point in the NFL that when you're tackling somebody, now it's high speed, and they might call a penalty on you. I, I said, I'm watching the games on Sunday. They hit the quarterback. I don't know. That looked like uh, the quarterback still had the ball in his hands. And just because they tackled and they landed on him, oh, that's a penalty. Oh, you can't do that. you got to ease him down. Where it's going to be even with a running back, because uh, the uh, running back's a big part of the game, you want him to be prolific, it's going to be, okay, you can't submarine or come in there low and knock out their knees. you got to tackle him from the waist to the shoulder like a quarterback. Don't go for the head. Don't go too high. Go too, too low. you got to hit him in the gut. You got to hit it between the shoulders and the waist. Are they going to call a penalty? Just look at that hit. Now, I I know they didn't show it on TV, but you can find anything. Now, YouTube and all that kind of stuff or Twitter and all that with X or whatever they call that stuff. Yeah, you can Uh, find it definitely online. But I'm telling you, look at that hit. Watch the competition committee in the offseason. They're going to address that. and they're going to want to protect the running backs. So they're going to say, you know what? You can't submarine and go in there and, and try to get a running back down. You have to go at least a waist to their shoulders and try and get them down that way. Now, you might get run over, but that's what they're going to want you to do. As we head to break, looking at the other Monday night football game in action currently, the Pittsburgh Steelers up 26-22 with 2.44 left in the game. We'll keep tabs on that there. Be back with more of Saints Talk right here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network after this. Love seeing those phone lines lit up with positive talk after a 20-17 Saints victory Monday Night Football. Uh, New Orleans now 2-0 heading into week three. We're going to go on to that Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line. Jake in Florida wants to talk about some Derek Carr's play. What you got for us, Jake? Hey, so Bob, I agree with you saying that uh, Derek Carr needs to be better. You look at these receivers, 
And he's got three of them that are over 50 yards. We're spreading the ball around. That's been gone since Drew Brees left. So is that is that stat, those receivers having over five catches, over 50 yards, whatever it may be. Uh, but is that a, a stat that should, we should be excited about, you know, think we can really reach um, – to be a dangerous offense going forward. Yeah, well, well uh, Jake, uh, you were kind of breaking up, but I, I think I know the way uh, the route you were going. Yeah, three, re- three receivers over fifty yards yeah. for the black and gold. We had, you know, Chris Olave, eighty-six yards. Rashid Shahid, sixty-three, and Mike T with fifty-five yards today. Yeah, if you look at it, um, Michael Thomas was more uh, the, the workhorse, I would say in the shorter area because he had uh, 55 yards and a long of 19. But Rashid Shaheed had 63 but a long of 45. And then half of a Chris Olave's 86 yards basically uh, came on a chunk play of 42 yards. Took a while to get Shaheed involved. No, and, and I think and we got to get him involved earlier because he had four targets, four receptions. I would say like Chris Olave, 11 targets, six receptions. Maybe take a couple away from Alave, nine targets, and give maybe a couple more to Shahid. But but you know what I think the Hootat Nation. I think fans just want this. Man, it took kind of long. I mean, why didn't we do this in the first half? Okay, they did not have their top cornerback playing in, in the game, yeah. J.C. Horn. That would be like uh, the Saints don't have Lattimore available, and we can't exploit that. Uh, we should have been able to exploit uh, the absence of J.C. Horn with the Panthers. That's why I think it was frustrating. Now, with that being said, I'm telling you right now, that it ain't going to get any easier against the Packers. I think the strength of the Packers and where they're at right now, uh, I still think uh, their defense could cause problems for the Saints. Uh, now, you look at Jordan Love. I mean, I think we should give Jordan Love the business. I mean, he's still like a rookie. Uh, look, that you thought the game was well in hand. Uh, Steve, I think you or Charlie, or one of y'all might have told me, just check out what Jordan Love did on the back end of that game against Atlanta. Went like 0 for 5. Like nothing. All right, Charlie? Yeah. He, he didn't do anything to close I, out the game. The last like three possessions were three and out, three and out, four and out, uh, downs. Uh, and, and everybody thought the game was well in hand. You know, the Packers fans travel well. They were in the ATL, uh, ready to represent at the Mercedes Stadium, uh, but not so fast. You see, uh, that kind of game in the past, that would have never happened uh, with Brett Favre or, uh, or, uh, Rogers. or Aaron Rodgers. So, Jordan Love. So, that's why uh, the jury's still out with the Packers. So, I mean, I look at it this year. When you play a team, I think we got to take advantage of the Packers. I'll tell you right now – I think the Packers will probably be favored because they're the home team. I think if the Saints were playing in New Orleans, we'd be about a field goal favored. Sure. I, I think by us playing in Green Bay, they'll probably be a field goal favored. You're looking at Jordan Love's stats, though. Not bad at all for the game, Bobby. 14 to 25, 151 yards, three touchdowns. Wait, 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 wait. 14 to 25, Steve. 14 to 28, 50%. That, that's not that high. But 151 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. 151 yards this day and age? Had a QB rating of 113. Yeah, because he didn't throw any picks. Right, so it wasn't but, terrible. Uh, but no, it, it wasn't terrible. Nothing to write home about. <laughs> it's not like everybody wants these 300-yard passers. Uh, come on. Uh, the, the Packer fans just hope Jordan Love don't turn it over. Right, he exactly. missed his last five throws, guys, in that yeah. game as well. Uh, Oof. Hey, hey, listen. 
The Saints should be 3-0. If they don't beat the Packers, <laughs> I'm going to be ticked off. The, the, the Packers are not where the Packers think they are. Now, if we were playing a team like the 49ers, or we were playing the Eagles, or we'd be playing the Cowgirls right now, if we'd win that game, that would be a major upset. I, I'm keeping it real. Now, that would be an upset. But all these other NFC teams that we playing, hell no. Uh, we'll be right there with them. We should beat them if we worth anything. Hanging out here on the Ciroc Point after till midnight. Want to hear from you, the Oakland Hard Jewelers. Talk and text line 504-260-1870. Coming right back with more on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. New Orleans Saints improving to 2-0 and on the season for the first time since 2013. What? Uh, black and gold, a 20-17 victory over the Carolina Panthers on Monday Night Football. Saints win. You win at McDonald's. Going to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. Tommy in New Orleans, what you got for us tonight? Hey, how's it going, Bobby? How you doing? All right, Tommy, what you got? Well, uh... I just wanted to uh, – you, you touched on it a little bit earlier on, but uh, I want to hear a little bit more about your your thoughts on Paulson and Debo. See, because our defense seems like they're already in midseason form, and uh, Debo is not doing that. <laughs> well, why do you mean well, – so, so, so how's your observation because he had those penalties? That's one thing. Well, uh, yeah, some, some, was- wait, wait, sometimes he's a little too handsy. And he's holding. Uh, but the one thing I, I can tell you this, as outstanding as Alante Taylor, I think he's developed as a nickel corner, Alante Taylor uh, has been outstanding in a Saints uniform, considering from the get-go where we drafted him, how he's produced. But, oh, Alante, Al- but, wait, but wait, Alante Taylor did not beat out Paulson and Debo in training camp. Okay, remember what I'm holding- telling you. Oh, no, 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 they, they had officials, they had officials I practice, and they look at Paulson and Debo, even against uh, the Chargers and their outstanding receiving core. So I'm not really worried about uh, Paulson and Debo. He ended up with four total tackles. Uh, now he ended up uh, hustling, he had the foam recovery, uh, but he has to, at times, not have critical penalties that go against him. But to say Paulson and Debo just got flat out uh, burnt, uh, that, that's not that's not a uh, t- Tommy. That's not a, a real assessment of, of where he's at. I mean, I'm, I'm, no, 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 say, no, no, wait, no, no, wait, no, wait, Tommy. You might want him to All be right. like Marshawn Lattimore. But that Marshawn Lattimore is amongst the best of the best in the whole NFL. You talk about the top three for sure, top five or top three in the whole NFL. Lattimore is that good. So Paulson Adebo is probably going to be attacked more and uh, you know, in that regard. But uh, Paulson Adebo is better than you think. Now, you can't have those stupid penalties because sustained drives and all that. All of a sudden, you come up uh, with a big play uh, of the defensive holding, and it doesn't count. Whether it be a critical sack or critical takeaway, uh, now, a lot of times, a lot of cornerbacks get fooled. You know what they do? They don't want to b- get burnt. That They don't realize what's happening away from them, like a double move. You know, a double move, so uh, then a cornerback said, oh, crap, I, I cheated, and I'm getting beat, so I'm going to grab the receiver. Uh, that happens more often than you think. Now, uh, you have to be sly, 
and maybe uh, your technique needs to be better to run alongside instead of officials just seeing you grabbing a receiver. But I'm high on Paulson and Debo, Tommy. You are. I don't know. I, I just always thought that you uh, you were kind of like down on him, like. No, no, I, I, no, I, Tommy, I've, n- I've never been down on Paulson and Debo. I was down on Paulson and Debo compared to his rookie year last year. You know why? He didn't get no damn interceptions. Uh, you know, uh, to take away the football. Can you plenty be of a, pass breakups? Yeah, yeah. Uh, pa- can you be a ball hawk? Uh, we need ball hawks. Now we plus one. I think every game we should be on the plus side. Now we were fortunate. Uh, we won minus. We weren't positive. We were just even. Uh, the turnover margin, we had zero. But uh, I think we need to build upon that. I think every game, our goal should be to be plus one and not plus two. Man, Alante Taylor sure almost had that interception today. Uh, amazing play, but just unable to bring it in. Uh, Alante Taylor, uh, he got ripped off that 49ers game last year. Should have oh, had a totally. six. And then today, it looks like he has an interception. The, the receiver fights back. And then by the time he gets under control, he's out of bounds. Right. No, uh, Alante Taylor, listen, I'm telling you right now, if I look at our, uh, listen, we had the number two pass defense again in the National Football League, and that's building upon what we're doing this year. I think in the conversation, I want somebody to challenge me or show me because I, I, don't, I don't know everything. I know almost every, everything, <laughs> but I don't know everything. Almost, I said. If you look at, like, Marshawn Lattimore, Paulson Adebo, and Alante Taylor, Okay, look at all the NFL teams. Now you got to look at three, the three-headed monster, not two or one, but you look at three. I'm telling you, the Saints are in the conversation amongst the best in the National Football League with the three top corners. We're here on the Ciroc Point after till midnight. Want to hear from you on the uh, Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line, which is 504-260-1870. Talking more Saints victory over Carolina 20-17 to when we get back on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Welcome back into the Ciroc Point after. We're going to pause 10 seconds on our Community Coffee Saints Radio Network to let stations identify themselves. Now into the Ciroc Point after point where we get into what's bugging you. And Bobby, what's bugging you about today's game brought to you by J&J Exterminators, Louisiana's independent exterminating company. Well, uh, what's bugging me, because this could be the difference, I think, the way our team is structured, whether we're going to win or lose. This has to continue. Uh, Outstanding third down defense. I talked about that earlier. Uh, you know, teams are only six for 26 on third down. That's freaking unbelievable. And then uh, red zone defense. But you know what? Uh, you got to, uh, the flip side, offensively, you have to be able to take care of the red zone. And especially even on the road, if you get field position or you're moving the chains and you have red zone opportunities, we got to get touchdowns. This was bugging me. The red zone offense, Steve, I wrote this. Yeah. This was like first, second quarter. You're trying to uh, really take that lead and set the tone. They ain't setting no damn field goals. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm looking at a 23-yard field goal by Groupie. Uh, we, we go like 12 plays, 51 yards, and we're winning now 6-3. to three. How about it be 14-3? to three? Because when you look at, the first drive, okay, look, look at our first two significant drives. They were up 3 nothing because of that shank punt right. by Headley, 29-yard punt. 
Well, we go 15 plays. 15 plays. Well, that got to be a damn touchdown drive. Eh, Not so fast. 65 (laughs) yards. We ate up six minutes and basically 30 seconds. Now it was three to three. The next time we go 12 plays, 51 yards, four and a half minutes. We're only winning six to three. So what's bugging me, we get red zone offense. We go seven plays in the red zone for seven yards. So I don't know, this week uh, heading into the Packers game on the road, we might have to have a few extra reps. Not a whole day of practice, but a few extra reps on red zone offense and how we can be more efficient to exploit maybe what the Packers are doing because we're not competing in training camp like Saints versus Saints. You're going to have a scout team defense. Uh, What I mean by scout team, they're going to do what the Packers are going to do based on film study, and then you try to exploit that in the red zone. I think uh, we're moving the ball, but then how can we exploit what the Packers are trying to do defensively in the red zone to get touchdowns instead of settling for field goals? Bobby, you look at uh, one player that everybody was talking about, I think, coming into this game. And curious, uh, your thoughts on how Trevor Penning did at left tackle today. I know it's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, Overall, though, I think a pretty solid outing from Penning. Well, uh, listen, I have to look back at the game because, you know, as as when you watch it initially, you tend to follow the ball. Sure. Instead of just always looking in the trenches. Uh, Put it this way, I didn't see him get run over like Cesar Ruiz. (laughs) I'm like, Cesar Ruiz got run over like he was a speed bump. I mean, I guarantee that probably never happened to him ever in his life, high school at University of Michigan. I don't know if that ever happened. Who was that cat, uh, Steve? What was his name? I think he might have had a, a couple Frankie of sacks. Frankie Lou Vu. We were constantly uh, talking about him. Lou, Lou Vu. L-U-V-U. He led the Panthers in tackles Beast of with a day. nine, had two sacks. Had two quarterback hurries, three tackles for a loss. Luvu. He was a problem. L-U-V-U. Who in the hell is that cat? All I know, the Saints know who he is right now. Slap ran over uh, Cesar Ruiz. So I didn't necessarily see that occurring uh, with Trevor Penning. Uh, You know, we might have helped him here or there. Uh, But when you think about it, how many sacks we gave up against the Titans? Four? Right. Uh, You know, we gave up again, four. So just do the math. 17 times four. Uh, How many sacks is that in a season? Wait, you didn't see there'd be math involved today. Uh, uh, Okay, now now think about it. No, I'm just saying, that's, uh, what, 68? Uh, Okay, 17, okay, 68. Right, Charlie? Is that right, 17 times four? So 15, 35, 60... So uh, it's close enough. <laughs> but, 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 but let me tell you, okay, you give up four sacks a game, that ain't getting it done. And it's not necessarily that Derek Carr is holding onto the ball too long. So I would say uh, when we play the Packers, you know what's probably going to happen? We're going to give up four freaking sacks. No, don't say <laughs> no. it. So after three games, we're going to give up like 12 sacks. Ruh-roh. Hey, hey, do you know in 1992 – you know how many times I got sacked in 1992 in 12? 16 games? I got sacked 15 <laughs> times in 16 games. And you know what's crazy? In 15 games, I was only sacked 12 times, but I got sacked three times in one game against the Bills with Bruce Smith and Cornelius Bennett and all them. 
And I was like, damn, I know I'm not holding on the <laughs> ball. They were playing cover two man. But the reason why I remember that, because I knew what they were doing, and it just wasn't working. But uh, we might give up and end up like uh, 12 sacks after three games. Uh, no, uh, that's why offensive line, nothing to write home about right now. We'll be breaking down the black and gold even more on the Ciroc point after as it continues. Also, here from Saints quarterback Derek Carr coming back with more right here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Two and oh, New Orleans Saints a twenty to seventeen victory over the Carolina Panthers on Monday Night Football, dropping Carolina to zero and two on the season. Want to get onto our who that's that have been hanging on the line? See you, Jamie and Fat City. What you got for us tonight? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what you got, Jamie? Hey, uh, well, first off, I'm happy for the W. And man, our defense tonight was amazing, man. Right, and Jamie, I think our defense will continue uh, to be amazing. Our defense will keep us in games, and then, I don't know, you flip a coin whether we win or not. I think it's going to be a 50-50 proposition in the fourth quarter. I don't see no team blowing us out, and I don't see us blowing out anybody anybody uh, from an offensive perspective. Now, I hate to nitpick on this, but I got I brought this up in the past, but it seems like we are anti-screen pass. And I know at the end of the first half, before the end of the first half, we had two opportunities to just blow them out, man. We had so much real estate with the screen pass. It's like we're not doing it no more, man. Well, I, I think you might see, Jamie, that more come uh, to fruition when Alvin Kamara comes back. You might say, well, Alvin Kamara's not the only one who can run a screen. We used to do that with Reggie Bush, Pierre Thomas. Uh, PT was so uh, good. Yeah, uh, Darren Sproles. Uh, we would always do, uh, even Mark Ingram, we'd always do the screen play. So uh, that's something. Now think of what the running backs. Uh, we're not going to run a damn screen with Taysom Hill. I mean, he does so many damn things that you can't help him. You can't help uh, that he would be uh, prolific as a screen runner to set up at all. And Tony Jones Jr., uh, I mean, it is what it is, what we got in him. Uh, but – 
You know, in, in hindsight, uh, what's the guy from TCU? Uh, Miller? Kendrick Miller? Yeah. When, the, when the, that hamstring, it should be big by now, huh? I mean, <laughs> is he ready to come in there? I mean, because uh, that, that, that's the situation we're in right now in the, uh, the running back position. Uh, think about this. All of a sudden, Jamal Williams goes down. But what uh, do we have? A quarterback slash tight end slash, slash back. Uh, up back slash uh, punt blocker, <laughs> running back, whatever. And all of a sudden, thank uh, goodness we do. Thank God we got Taysom Hill. <laughs> um, maybe that's all uh, part of the strategy. But uh, Jamal Williams, I mean, I would I would say right now this might be the poorest we've been at the running back position, simply because of Alvin Kamara being suspended. Now he's going to come back. Uh, how significant? Do we know, Jamal Williams, how significant that injury is? No, we just know it's a, he left with a hamstring issue, and that's really all we know about well, it. Well, uh, even when Alvin, He was able to walk to the locker room on his own power kind of thing. Like he was walking normal. It didn't look like it, it was like a, a torn, uh, complete hamstring. But with that being said, even when Alvin Kamara comes back, I mean, who we still be relying on running back depth? This might be the weakest running back depth I know we've had post-Katrina. Always do post-Katrina because that's the heyday for the Houdat <laughs> Nation with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. And what we've done now is going to be a couple of decades when we get to 2026 and we're in 2023. But always uh, reference back to that and where we're at. Has our running back position ever been – uh, as down as it is right now, heading into the Packers game. Now think about who's available versus the Packers at the running back position. I think this might be the lowest of low uh, that I've seen uh, or witnessed. It have to be before Katrina or something. It might this is the worst in Saints history where we had from the running back position as far as the depth and who we could count upon. Listen, Tony Jones Jr. I mean, was outstanding. If you look at overall, I mean, what we asked him to do, he had a nose for the end zone with a couple of touchdowns. But uh, who are we actually counting on? You know you know what we're going to bring back? Watch if we don't bring back, uh, what was his name from UMass? Merriweather? Ellis Merriweather. Ellis Merriweather. Not because he's a future stud NFL running back, but he knows what we're doing, and he might be able to help if we're in an emergency. Shoot, call Mark Ingram. Maybe get him out the broadcast booth. Uh, no, he might run out of bounds again. <laughs> yeah, we don't want uh, that happening. No, no, That's well, true. We need to let the Ingram's all-time leading rusher over Deuce, uh, but we don't need him running out of bounds again like he did against Tampa. And sorry, I tried to get you a job, Mark. Bobby said no. No, he's doing good in the TV booth. <laughs> like he's doing the Houdad chant uh, with the great running backs we've had here. So, no, uh, Mark Ingram knows his role right now. But I'm telling you, I don't know if we've ever been in this situation in the meet, uh, heading into the meat of the season, I always talk about after a couple of games, uh, that at running back. I mean, uh, uh, right now, are you confident in our running game? Uh, no. And maybe because not only the running backs who's available and the O-line, that combination, we'll be lucky. I'll celebrate and throw a party if we average four yards a carry. Come on, Kirk Merritt, we need you. Yeah, Kirk Merritt, but uh, I, I tell you what, I'm glad you brought that up, Steve. Uh, Kirk Merritt is not necessarily a better option than Tony Jones Jr. You know why? The trust factor, experience. That's why Tony Jones Jr. was in there instead right. of Kirk Merritt. We'll be back with even more of the Ciroc Point after, after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. 
Rolling along here on the Ciroc Point after going to our diamond in the rough performance of the game, Cajun Cannon, presented by Friend and Company. You have a friend in the jewelry business. Who's your diamond in the rough, Cajun Cannon? Well, my diamond in the rough is because when I look at his background and what he's accomplished, and he don't say much, uh, uh, Colin Sanders. Uh, Kalen, is it Kalen or Colin? I think Colin. it's uh, Colin. Uh, I butchered it. Uh, Colin Sa- uh, Saunders from Western Illinois, who we got uh, from the Chiefs, he's like the spokesperson. I don't know if we've even interviewed Nathan Shepard. Nathan Shepard is like a pack of lunch son of a gun. And what he's in common, what he has in common with David and Yamada, he's a, a, a black Canadian. And when I look at that, and Nathan Shepard, he's from Ontario, Canada. Now, uh, how can it be a diamond in the rough if he's going into six year in the NFL? The reason why he's a diamond in the rough, he went to Fort Hayes State. Anybody that knows where Fort Hayes State, it's a freaking fort. Who names their university Fort Hayes State? That it almost have to be in that state to know where it's at. How can you acknowledge that? It's in Kansas. It's in Kansas. Now, I was shocked, Steve. You told me they had 15,000 students. Right. Whoa. But no one knows unless you live in Kansas or in the Midwest. Where in the hell's Fort Hayes State? How many players come out of Fort Hayes State and uh, are amongst the best of the best in the National Football League? But Nathan Shepard, he was with the Jets before he came to the Saints. You look at the Jets' D-line. Don't you think that's one of their strengths to look at the Jets' D-line? Well, you can't pay everyone or keep everyone happy, but that's one area the Jets have been outstanding. They have outstanding defensive linemen, so we still want one of them. Nathan Shepard, outstanding diamond in the rough. Now, you might say, well, well, Bobby, he had uh, uh, two tackles, one unassisted. But the impact he has – and how helping our run defense and throughout. He ended up with a sack, two quarterback hurries for the team lead with Carl Grandison, and also a tackle for a loss. So Nathan Shepard doesn't say anything. He is like, if Nathan Shepard ever talks, he's like E.F. Hutton. You listen. And I'd be like, okay, if Nathan Shepard wants to say something, it'd be almost out of the Dome Patrol. You had Ricky Jackson, Sam Mills. Uh, you know, look at uh, 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 Pat Swilling. You know the one uh, we had these, I mean, now the auto workers are on strike and all that. You know, we had these union meetings. You know who everyone would listen to when Von Johnson uh, talked? And his nickname was Meat. I was going to say, because he rarely said anything? He wouldn't say nothing. But when he said something. You better uh, made sure you listened. No, his nickname was Meat. He'd be the one you want the first off the bus because he looked like uh, you punch <laughs> in the computer how you wanted a linebacker to look. You know, Sam Mills, Field Miles, undersized and all. But that was Von Johnson. Nathan Shepard, it'd be interesting to see. I want to see any media member that gets an unbelievable one-on-one interview with Nathan Shepard. I think that'd be a great accomplishment. Now, he might be a man of a few words, but those uh, few words might be monumental. It might be something that would really enlighten you. Now, he might not want to do it, and the Saints might not force him to do it. I mean, we don't care if you don't do any of you, so to just play and get Keep the job done. Right? But I just look at his background. It just goes to show you. 
You stayed at Fort Hayes State. You'd say, like, okay, why didn't he go to Manhattan, Kansas, to Kansas State or Lawrence University of Kansas? No, he's at Fort Hayes State, and that dude wins. He's an NFL player. He's going into his sixth year, but he is truly a diamond in the rough. Looking at our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line, can hear from you on 504-260-1870. You want to get to AJ and Metairie, who's been hanging on. What you got for us tonight, AJ? Hey, I'm just happy that we got the win, but Bobby, I see what you see, man. This offense, they're killing me sometimes, you know, like that movie. They're killing me. They're going to give you an also, AJ. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, 45 years old watching when you guys had it. I knew we had a defense, but this defense, so I got to say, is amazing. But there's only so long that, that you can expect to keep winning these close-type games like well, that. Well, and, and you know, was, and, and AJ, you bring up a great point uh, because you know why? Compared to when I played late 80s and eight, uh, late, um, late 80s, early 90s, is that it was defensive-friendly. It's not necessarily yes. defensive-friendly now. And that's why it's amazing. We went almost eight quarters without giving up a touchdown. So that might be a yep. game where uh, it doesn't work out quite like we would like to defensively. So the offense has to pull their weight. So uh, that it might be come on the road at Green Bay. And uh, listen, or it, it might it might be like because um, I, I looked at the schedule and I was like, okay, Derek Carr, because the expectations we have it, and, and as far as his performance. Our expectations in, in that regard, uh, would you say maybe Trevor Lawrence when, when he comes uh, to town on Thursday night football? But look, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence laid an egg against the Chiefs. He didn't do jack in the red zone. He was like a fifty percent passer. So you you, 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 you never know, AJ, what's going to come about. But I, I trust right now our defense, and we're building upon what we did last year. I know how we ended the season. We just set a Saints record. Ten straight games, beat the Dome Patrol, who had nine uh, and and 91. We won the NFC West, but I'll look at that. Ten straight games, 20 points or less. So uh, wouldn't you say, okay, who that nation or any fan, if you look at our whole schedule, no matter who we play, wouldn't you say that uh, you would take right now Right now, how could we not win double digits? If we hold every opponent to 20 points or less, shouldn't we win? We should win every damn game. Now, I don't know if that's going to come about, but we should win. If we just do that, uh, you know, Bama don't break red zone defense at 20 points or less, I mean, the, 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 the Saints should, should go in a row. I mean, I, I just think that's where we're at right now. Hanging out here on the Ciroc Point after Saints a 20-17 victory over the Carolina Panthers. Monday Night Football improving New Orleans to 2-0 in the season. We'll be back with even more on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network right after this. Welcome back into the Ciroc Point after. Want to get into Derek Carr's post-game interview that's brought to you by Bill Hood Automotive Group. Everything automotive under one hood. Here's what QB1 had to say after the Saints 20-17 victory on Monday Night Football. Derek, I know it's good to win, even though you don't have the perfect game plan, but the struggles in the red zone, you talked about last week about how it's about you getting your timing down with your teammate. Yeah. Is that something that just eventually clicks, kicks in or time well, yeah. pass situation or what? Well, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, you know, we had a few opportunities for sure. <clears throat> we, uh, you know, not to get into all of them, but you, you saw them. You know, we had a few opportunities, you know, on missed throw, 
you know, we had one in the back of the end zone. We almost had tough. That's a tough play. Uh, we had another one where I was expecting him to look and he, you know, just timing of things. And um, there's so much that we have to clean up, but it so, feels so good to clean it up when you win. You know, like I said outside, like we're 2-0 and and I don't think that we've played at the level that we're all expecting to play at yet, but we're going to keep striving. We're going to keep working um, and make those corrections, but it feels good to do it with a win for sure. Derek, Dennis talked about the inconsistencies in the passing game. What do you attribute that to, and how do you, I guess, finally get clicking with this offense? Yeah, that's my fault. Um, like, it's it's my fault. I'll get it fixed. I'll get it corrected. I've I've had moments where it, it's a little tougher of a road, and I've had moments where we get it back together and we're clicking. You know, um, we're, we're this is our second game together. Um, you know, and that's. That's, I'm glad we win because I can say that, you know, because it is our second game together and we still won the game, right? And we're going to continue to get better. We're going to continue to find that timing. I, I learned things about my receivers and everybody today that, okay, I got it. He sees it that way. And now I, okay. And I was pissed and, you know, I moved on and thankfully our defense kept us in it. So when we came back in the second half and we started clicking, we started hitting big plays, um, you know, we could pull away and try and win the thing. Yeah, how nice is it to, to have that defense to lean on in this early part of the season? I, like I, I think a couple people said that was part of the reason you wanted to come here. Yes, that's a very big part of the reason. You know, um, any team that I talked to was a team with a defense. You know, and you know when I I played these guys, you know, I've play, I knew DA. You know, I, I know what it's like and how difficult it is. And um, all I want to do is win. You know, and so I was like, shoot, if I can go there and have a day like today didn't play my best in the first half come back play good in the second half and win a game like I didn't have to be perfect for four quarters and we won like that that is awesome um I don't like that still you know we won but I still sick I, I should have played better I, I can help the offense more I can do you know you, you sit back and you I'm already analyzing it right um, but to have that defense to hold us keep us in there until we got clicking in the second half I mean it helped us it helped us win the football game what, uh, what happened on that interception? What did you see? Uh, well, yeah, I saw him coming down. I saw Chris going behind him. And when I saw him step down, I didn't even – it was a terrible read. You know, he – I knew he didn't have anything affecting him. I should have known he was going going to get back there. I saw Chris. I threw it. As soon as I threw it, I was like, you idiot. You know, like, that, it was terrible. It was my fault all the way. And when you say, you know, obviously getting familiar timing with receivers, figuring – is there anything in particular on your part that, that, that stood out that – you wanted to do better tonight? Yeah, I think in the first half, I was just too quick. I was playing way too quick. I, I, I had to, in the second half, I was like, I just got to slow it down. I told Pete and I told RC, told Diaz, I got you, trust me. Like, I'm going to be much better in the second half. We're going to win this game. And, um, you know, because I, I want them to feel that confidence from me too. Like, hey, I, I know what I'm doing. I, it was not my best half of football at all. Um, uh, but we, were, we still went into halftime with the lead, which is great. <laughs> you know, like that is a great feeling as a quarterback that you know you can go out there and play better and hopefully go finish the thing and get a win. How did you, how did you guys have to change your offense uh, when you lose another running back? I mean, you have to kind of reshuffle the pieces with Taysom in the backfield somehow. Yeah. Well, uh, Pete, Pete does a great job and our coaching staff does a great job of making sure like we're prepared just in case stuff happens. And, um, you know, they, they had a plan that Taysom would be ready just in case uh, something happened. And Taysom went in there and did his thing. And, you know, we put him at running back, like you said, a couple of times. And, um, you know, and there's it's unbelievable what he's able to do. He went one for one. He ran the ball. He ran a route. You know, it's like. It's really unbelievable. He, he's he's an amazing football player, and it's 
a luxury to have someone that can do all those things for us. One thing that did work for the passing game was when you decided to let Chris, Mike, and Rasheed go up and get one. They, they all came down, with it, especially the, the the tough one that Chris made and the mm-hmm. one that Mike came down. With. I mean, yeah. how, how much trust did you quickly develop in throwing one up and letting those guys win, win one? Yeah, so much. So much trust. Um, you know, and that... In the first half, like I, I, there was, like I said, I was so quick on some things, and you know there were some things I could have done better to help them get the ball more in their hands and, and things like that. And in the second half, it was really nice. No one would know at the naked eye, but like we corrected those things. I slowed down, got them the ball a little bit more, um, and I've always had trust in them. You know, just because the first half didn't go, that's my fault. You know, um, but those guys have been making plays. You guys have seen it all camp. You know, in the off season. You know, I, you know, I have my brothers and my friends sending me tweets because they don't live in New Orleans. Like, another deep ball to Chris Olave. Another, you know, like they, you guys tweeting them out, and so they, they, they've been doing it. And so my trust in them is at an all-time high, especially when they're doing it against our defense, right? Um, you know, I think that's the most impressive part. So this is the only Olave you know, but he said that was a big thing he wanted to improve on from the offseason. I mean, it, mm. you see how much that's. Hey, David, I mean, just the physicality of, of coming down. Oh, yeah, he's, his mentality is unbelievable. I, that's, I think I've said that to you guys. Like, love the talent. You guys see the talent. Um, th- again, this is all I know is this, Chris, you know. Um, and his mentality is he just wants to be better, and just like we all do. And so uh, we have all the right mindsets, and seeing that in him has been a really beautiful thing. There was a video of you spending a month with Bryce after the game. What was your message? Well, I just God bless and here for you, you know, rooting for you. Um, you know, he's going to be a great player. I love watching him. Um, my kids loved watching him last year when he's at Alabama, you know, heard him run around the house. Bryce Young throws the ball. You know, they just love football. So they pretend to be everybody. And I, I'm okay with that because Bryce is a good guy. But now that we're rivals, I may have to tell him to chill out a little bit. Uh, usually uh, teams uh, break down seasons and quarters, but to be 2-0 uh, yeah. after two tough games, like, what does that mean? Uh, for this team, for, for not to be behind the eight ball or be one and one, just those first couple of wins out for that. Every win matters. We'll, we'll see at the end of this thing, and we'll see. Like, they all matter. And so, um, especially a division opponent, NFC opponent, you know, getting that win um, is huge, um, you know, for us. And that, that's why we play the game is to win. So, however this thing looks at the end, hopefully it'll be cleaner. Hopefully it'll be better on my part and on our part. Um, but we're all in here just to win, and hopefully we can continue to do that. That's Saints quarterback Derek Carr's post-game interview brought to you by Bill Hood Automotive Group. Everything automotive under one hood. Want to hear from you on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line, folks. 504-260-1870. Who wants to sound off about a victory Tuesday after a 20-17 Monday night Saints victory over the Panthers? We'll be back with more on the Ciroc Point after on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network after this. Want to get right into the callers here on the Ciroc Point after Eddie and Thibodeau. What you got for us tonight, Eddie? Man, I just wanted to uh, kind of chime in a little bit and uh, say, Bobby, it's certainly an honor to be able to speak to you. I used to call in and talk to Buddy D a long time ago. Been going from out of Louisiana for quite a while, but I'm back. And um, uh, I just feel like I feel like I want Pete Carmichael to really implement Jimmy Graham in some of these red zones to prevent us um, not doing quite as well. I right, think, to be more know, efficient. A, to be more efficient. Correct. I think we'd have an advantage using Jimmy. He pumps up the crowd, especially, you know, going back to Green Bay, coming back home. Everybody loves Jimmy, you know, and uh, it, I just feel like I think 
Carmichael needs to open up the playbook a little bit more, go for a couple longer shots, you know, implement right. Jimmy Graham. Well, uh, Eddie, I don't know. Uh, you cutting out. Uh, I couldn't hear what you say. Implementing Jimmy Graham, that's the last I heard. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, but that and opening up the playbook, taking a little bit of longer shots, you know, not having a good offensive line this year, you know, is really killing us. But hopefully that'll get corrected a little bit on the running game when Kamara comes back. Right. Yeah, I'd have to say uh, Kamara coming back, uh, whether it's like a long handoff uh, to him with an option route in the passing game. Uh, the one thing that I could uh, notice uh, the first two games, unlike uh, what occurred last year, uh, and and I, I know Derek Carr knows how to utilize uh, the, the tight end. Uh, listen, he did that with Darren Waller, who's now a New York Giant. You remember from Georgia Tech playing with the Raiders. He exploited the Saints when we played in Las Vegas that one game back. But it's been kind of uh, as far as the targets – and it's been more the receiving core. Uh, Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, and Michael Thomas. Now, Foster Morrow ended up having two targets, two catches, uh, 20 yards. Jawan Johnson, who was a big part of the Saints offense last year uh, with Andy Dalton, has not been the case so far. Uh, three targets, uh, two catches, 13 yards. So that'll be interesting to see. Now, uh, Keith Kirkwood, who's kind of like the poor man's version of Traquan Smith, he had a chance to, uh, to make a catch, and he did not catch the ball. So, But looking at the tight ends, I think we might see more uh, Jawan Johnson and Jimmy Graham getting more involved. I think Foster Morrow, that's about right. A couple of targets, 20 to 30 yards around there. Uh, but that's one uh, position I would say in the passing game that has not been exploited so far is the tight end position. And I have to see, be interesting to see the uh, the Green Bay Packers game plan and how we utilize them going forward. But I'd say after the first two games, definitely um, as far as targets and receptions and splash plays, chunk plays, however you describe it, it's been uh, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, and Michael Thomas. We're going to be right back wrapping up the Ciroc Point after when we get back from the break right here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Back here on the Ciroc Point after. Going to pause yeah. 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Cajun Cannon, I know you're reading our Oakland Heart yeah. Dealers talking text line. What you want to see over there? Well, I'm looking at 0039 because uh, these are significant impact players for our defense. And it says, how were uh, Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, and uh, Marshawn Lattimore tonight? No, teams are going to tend uh, to go away from that. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just uh, looking at Lattimore, he ended up with uh, – they had identical stats except uh, Marshawn Lattimore had one pass defended. But you look at, like, total tackles. They both had five total tackles, three unassisted, and two assisted. Listen, I ain't worried about freaking uh, Lattimore or, or Tyron Matthew. Uh, I'm not worried about then. Uh, okay, who would you rather go against? Are you going to try and exploit Lattimore or Paulson Adebo? Paulson Adebo has to do that. Okay, if you're not going after Paulson Adebo, who are you going to go after? Uh, Alante Taylor. So you're going to have more opportunities, whether it's to intercept the ball, which we thought Alante Taylor had a great opportunity. But look, for instance, uh, uh, our top uh, three cornerbacks, 
Tyra and Matthew, Marshawn Latimer, Latte Taylor, they all had five total tackles and five unassisted by Latte Taylor. But Latte Taylor really stepped up, two tackles for a loss and a pass defended like Lattimore. So listen, I'm telling you uh, that if guys in the game plan, I know how y'all was trying to attack the weakest link, it'd be the same thing in Green Bay. They're going to go after more Alante Taylor and a Paulson Adebo than Lattimore or even, even if you got Tyron Matthew in, in coverage. And now, uh, Marcus May is kind of playing uh, that center fielder, or they might uh, bring him up. Um, now, he ended up getting a sack because Bryce Young, you remember when he ran out of bounds and he should have threw the ball away? It was like a one-yard sack. But he had six total tackles, five unassisted. So, uh, listen, I think we're building upon what we did last season. Uh, even without Bradley Roby, who was an outstanding experience, a nickel corner. Did he end up signing like, anywhere? Because uh, of money. He's probably not nowhere. No, yeah, uh, I don't think anybody picked up Roby. No, because he, he still wants that paycheck. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to play with somebody. If you pay me with the Saints, we're going to pay me. And if you don't have any leverage, then you don't get paid. You got to humble yourself, whatever comes about, but Bradley Roby. But even without Brad, Bradley Roby, the significant impact of Alante Taylor, uh, we're not missing a beat. So I'm telling you, uh, I look at uh, our nickel defense and where we're at uh, when you look at two corners, or I should say three corners and two safeties, uh, we up there amongst the best in the National Football League. Bobby, looking at the rest of our Saints radio team, want to give a big thanks to everyone behind the scenes of the Saints radio network, executive producers Diane Newman and Kevin Cassidy, Saints sales manager DePaul Smith, assistant producer Ian Hoke, associate producer Scott Colomb, studio producers Charlie Long, Chris Coleman, and Cullen Steele, plus station engineers Danny Miller and Ernie Kane. On behalf of our Saints radio broadcast team, Mike Haas, Deuce Deuce McAllister, Jeff Nowak, and Robert Carroll, thank you for listening to Saints football. Be sure to join us Sunday when the black and gold take on the Green Bay Packers at high noon right here on Saints Radio. I'm Steve Geller. Talk to you next week on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Cajun Cannon, say goodnight to the good folks. And uh, all you folks couldn't get on tonight, call tomorrow night. Me and Mike to tell you had the silver slipper uh, for the second guest. We're uh, looking forward to taking your calls. And bon nuit, les gens. Good night, people. Who that? Go Saints. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.